Welcome to Snapdragon Duplexes, episode number four. I'm Randy Phil, and this week we've got Mickey Mac phoned in with his reactions to what happened last week on AEW. And I'm going to react off what Mickey said to it this week. So, on you go, Mickey. How you doing? Let's kick it off. Hello, Randy, and hello, you beautiful people. It's Mikey here, live and pre-recorded from the North Sea, to give you my reactions to New Year's Smash Night 2. So let's get right into it. First up tonight, uh, we had Eddie versus Pac, Eddie Kingston. Uh, Pac came out quite hot, knocked Eddie out of the ring and just floated out of the ring after him. The man just looks weightless, it's unbelievable. Um... I really liked the spot when he was outside and the bunny dug her nails into Pac's eyes and just trying to rip his eyes out. I thought it was great. Uh, the match went on. It was good. It was good back and forth. Um, Black Arrow finished the match and uh, he pulled it into the Brutalizer after the bell, mm. which I love. It just shows that Pac is still a heel. Lance Archer came out with the babyface save and started cussing out Pac which um, makes me think that the next rivalry is going to be Pack versus Lance Archer. They're going to build up to that. And I think that could really work. It was a really good mix of styles. Um, Eddie Kingston's such a great brawler, and he's got that character and that build to make that kind of style believable. Pack, on the other hand, is just one of the most competent heels in the game right now. No. And um, as much as I think there's a time and a place for chicken shit heels like MJF, I just think a competent heel is just so effective when it's done right. Um, it just makes me think of like Kevin Owens in NXT. That kind of run is just it's just what you need sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, mate. So it was a good match. And you were saying about Pac pulling the submission on to Eddie Kingston after the match. I thought they were going to go and reverse the decision. We had disqualification against Pac. And that could have built for a rematch of some sort, or a, maybe not an I quit match, but a last man standing or something like a specialty match with a clear winner in it. Um, you got Lance Archer coming down after the match as well. It's weird though, cause I don't know if it's if he's coming out to save Pack or he's coming out to stop him or what. So I don't know if he's there to build a feud between the two. Or maybe if they're going to team up and do something against uh, Butcher Blade and Eddie Kingston. Um, nah, that's that's a weird one. That'll be one to keep eyes on. As well, last week, Lance Archer was putting videos on Instagram, on Twitter and stuff about him shaving his hair. So maybe see him wear a new, a new style this week or maybe next week. I don't think he's scheduled for... Dynamite this week. Um, yep, that's all I've got for that one as well. Good match. I loved the match, and as well the video package for this. It made it feel like a pay per view styled match on a regular Wednesday night. It was really good for like what they're doing the New Year Smash Night the themed Wednesday nights. They have went above and beyond to make this seem like a specialty. Um, I would like to see Pack in Lance Archer and I would like to see more Pack in Kingston and I'd even like to see more Archer in Kingston so either way they decide to go with this will be fun to see. Next match was um, Chuck versus Miro. 
the pre-show for the young boy on the pole match. <laughs> um, Miro came out with his dark hair again. Yeah. He's uh, re-dyed his hair. And huge pyro. And he's just looking like Zangrief out of Street yeah. Fighter. He just looks like an absolute monster. Um, Chuck came out looking more like a more store AJ Styles <laughs> as he always does. Starts off, Chuck's all over Miro. But once Miro settles in, he just absolutely brutalises him and makes him tap out with the camera clutch, make him look like a little bitch. So Chuck is now his young boy. Which makes me wonder if he's going to dress him up, maybe as a French maid. I don't know, maybe... Maybe you have an idea of what kind of outfit he's going to give him. The announcers say that it's going to be only for a month. And uh, they're referring to him as a butler now, not a young boy. Maybe they heard that you thought it was weird. <laughs> but um, maybe if he does a good job with the dishes, they'll give him a contract extension. But uh, good luck to him anyway. I uh, hope he does well in his new role. Yeah, so Miro went over on Chuck Taylor on. It seemed like a right quick match. And Chuck Taylor did get some good offense in against it, so it wasn't like a totally one-sided match. But yeah, as soon as Miro got the upper hand, locked in the submission, and that was it, game over. Uh, dressing him up, they'll just be humiliating him, get him a wee bow tie. But now that they've avoided the young boy stuff, they need to properly stay away from that, or that can get weird very quick again. But yeah, calling him the butler now. Uh, it's just, it's got to be shite, isn't it? Like... I enjoyed that match. The whole storyline as a whole, I was over it two or three weeks ago. But now they're going to continue it. And I think they're going to have Orange Cassidy going up against Miro next. Maybe Orange Cassidy will fight to get him back. Or if he loses, he joins Miro and Chuck Taylor and um, Kip Sabian. He'll be in their wee fucking... He'll be in the band of bitches. It's weird going into that because Orange Cassidy, he did have a good few wins, he had the Jericho Mimosa match, then he had that winny build at the pay-per-view with John Silver at Dark Order, that was a good wee, a good wee run there and then it just seems as though he's went on a bit of a, a good few losses in a row there, because he went up went up against Brody Lee and got demolished and there was another one as well, but I can't remember off the top of my head anymore and then you've got Miro who's on a win streak so if you put the two against each other there's no point. Miro's already on a streak. He's a beast. All you're going to do is hurt Orange Cassidy more, giving them another loss on his records. But, you know, as soon as they start getting the crowd back and Orange Cassidy starts doing his thing again, everybody's got to be on his side. He's just got that charisma about him. So they're not going to struggle to get him over anytime soon anyway. Aye, so for the next pay-per-view, it could be Miro versus Orange Cassidy. Whilst... Trent Beretta is still out with this injury. If it is a legit injury, I'm not sure if it's maybe storyline because I didn't hear anything about it other than what Dynamite have said. This then leads into a promo backstage um, and the wee interview of Matt and the private party. Um, private party are calling Matt a money-grabbing carny, which I thought <laughs> was fucking class. Um, the rest of the promo was pretty cookie-cutter, but that line just got me, man. I was absolutely buckled. Um... So the story going forward is that Matt Hardy's a cunt now and Private Party have been screwed over in shite contracts. It's, it is what it is. To reiterate what I was saying last week, I don't get why he's a suit now. 
and I'm just waiting for one of them to dunt him on the head so he becomes broken again. But um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, so he's now going as a big money mat, and I fair enough, he's he's a bit addict because he's took another concussion and just fucked something else up in his head. But I wonder how long it'll take before they get that pissed off him, give him a hard hit, and he becomes another Matt Hardy. Maybe he's just had that many hits. The gimmick of Matt Hardy is he's split personalities. All of these different characters do exist, and we just go pure Mick Foley. The next time they have a casino battle royale, you have Matt Hardy coming out four times. I would love that, but nah, no. This is just going to be a wee bit of filler until we see them come climbing up towards the tag team, unless he maybe gets somebody else. But nah, we'll just see where it goes. That leads us into the inner circles, New Year resolutions. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out with his beautiful mane flowing in the soft Florida breeze, looking like Malibu Stacy. But you got the full cast of the inner circle for the first time that I can remember in months. I mean, Jericho says it's the first time this year, but that's not saying much really. Um, and when you look at it as some squad on paper, man, they're just it's a real squad of talented dudes. So they start going through their resolutions. Um, Jake Hager says that he wants championships. Championships! That. MGF says that he wants to strengthen the bonds and sort out fat people. He just wants rid of all the fatties. Um, Ortiz, he wants to nail down some food recipes and so far quite boring until Malibu Stacey himself says that he wants to win the tag belts with none other than MGF, which pisses everybody off. Santana Ortiz especially start calling him out saying we're the only tag team here this is why you brought us in um, Sammy just straight out turns around and calls him a little tag team slut which again got me absolutely buckled uh, Sammy also mentions that Snoop Dogg might be his next partner uh, so obviously Sammy's forgotten that Snoop Dogg's AW number one contender right now and that he's got a gin and juice match lined up with John Moxley <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if Snoop decides to join the inner circle after that, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. They've announced that there's going to be a three-way tag team match to decide the official tag team of the inner circle. It's going to be Sammy and Hager versus Malibu, Stacey and MJF versus Proud and Powerful. Um, Wardlow's just happy to have mates, I guess. He's not that bothered just watching the <laughs> sidelines. Who do you think wins? I mean, for me, I think it's got to be Jericho and MJF. They, they've started the tension... And they just got to carry it on as is. Part of me hopes it's a dirty finish as well. Maybe Wardlow gets involved. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. I'm just going to fire off in the opposite direction of you there. And I don't think it'll be Jericho and MJF. I reckon MJF will do something daft towards the end that will either cost them the win or give one of the other teams the win. Because whenever they were doing the end of this promo, they kept all shouting championships after fucking... Hager just popping his but he said it last and he said championship singular and I don't know if that was just a wee a wee thing that he's chucked in there a wee stab or whatever but ah, as well with Wardlow you, he would be your first pick to team with he's fucking massive and they whooped Hager last week or you would put Hager and Wardlow in the tag team that's your fucking that's got to win you all the time 
Uh, I think it is stupid having this three tag on tag on tag situation they've got. You would just do free bird roll, wouldn't you? But or could you? Nah, maybe not because they're trying to say they're three individual teams and you don't want to see like Santana and MJF tagging up. It might just get fucking messy or Wardlow and Ortiz. Something mental eh? But nah, I I would rather see them in the tag picture as a group rather than individuals within the group. But now nah, MJF I think he's going to cause something. He's going to go off and try TNT. Ah, you would you would give him the TNT belt, wouldn't you? Put him up against whoever wins the main event tonight. We'll see, we'll get there when we get there. For winning next week. I give it to Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful, getting the win next week, the proper tag team. So, what you got next? So next we've got a backstage segment uh, with the Dark Order. They say that everything they're going to do from here on out is going to be in Brody Lee's name, which was a nice wee addition to say. Then they have announced that next week, Hangman Adam Page is going to be teaming up with them. And at the sight of his name, just like Beetlejuice, he comes rolling in drunker than your average Randy Phil Twitch stream. <laughs> and he teases that he's going to join the Dark Order next week. Love to hear your thoughts on this, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's going to do it. I think he will. But it'll be interesting to see how they go on with that. If they're going to make the Dark Order, the Light Order, like you've theorised in the past, or yeah, what they're going to do. Um, I think he'll join them after the tag match next week. I think he'll join them. Well, it could go one or two ways. He could join them and then they go ahead as that, or he could knock it back and that's when the Dark Order turn right nasty and be more heelish and just like torment him. Don't fight him in a match. Just get involved with everything else. Just get him losing, losing, losing. Get him right down. Or if he joins them, it looks as though they're starting to get crowds back. So who knows when they'll get a full arena for a pay-per-view again. But I think their first pay-per-view back will be a big one and it'll have the blood and guts match that we didn't get because of the start of it all. And then it could be Hangman Page in the Dark Order versus Kenny Omega and whoever the hell he decides he's teaming up with on the week. Like you could build it, Kenny Omega in the Elite against Adam Page and the Dark Order for weeks and months. Maybe not make it a title match of some sort, but if Adam Page wins, he gets a title match or somebody for the Dark Order, maybe. Aye, that'd be a cool way to go, but we'll see. Does he join? I'm putting my money on yes, he'll join. Next on the show, they had a promo of Darby Allen and Brian Cage. Just kind of a backstory of their feud so far. The promo actually reminded me that Darby turned down Taz's mentorship a while ago, which is what kicked all this off. Uh, Maybe I'm just really dumb or whatever, but I totally forgot about this. I don't know if you remembered about it either, but... um, Uh, I forgot as well, mate. The whole thing starts to make a bit more sense when you think about it that way. 
Aye, the video package, it was the same as uh, the first one for Pac and Eddie Kingston. It was just a great video package. It was cool how it was done. But uh, I forgot that's what kicked it all off because I wasn't really paying that much attention. I didn't know if Taz, Taz was sticking around or what and Darby Allen was a new guy. But this is just Tony Khan and the rest of them long-term booting. Things go back. It makes sense. So, yep, hopefully... Tonight it will be the finale of it all, but we'll get there when we get there. So then we got a promo of a Starfish Island Club uh, getting interviewed backstage. Young Bucks, Kenny Omega and Starfish Island himself, Don Callis, all having a chat. All saying they're going to enter the ring at the same time until Don turns around and says, No, you guys deserve your own entrance and uh, leaves them to it. <laughs> I'm so into this. Uh, I think that Starfish Island is probably my favourite dude in wrestling right now. Oh, yeah. He's just amazing on the mic, and he's such a sleazeball. He's like... he's. I would say he's like Paul Heyman, but he's not as mad. He's got that kind of like groundedness to him that Paul doesn't have, which makes him a bit more interesting for just now anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Kenny comes out, does his usual big long entrance waiting for the separate entrance for the Bucks but no, it's the Good Brothers and it's so decadent and heelish and I fucking love it it's just really good to see the Good Brothers in AEW and I think they just slot in perfectly um, they're just the perfect men for the job so I've not got many notes for the actual match, that was pretty bog standard kind of six man tag it was a Starfish Island Club or the Elite versus the Varsity Blues which includes Brian Pillman Jr. and someone limelight. Was it Danny limelight? I'm not sure. Uh, the only notes I've got is uh, I love the spot where Doc Gallows uh, enters the ring with the biggest boot I've seen in years and absolutely decimates the guy in the ring. Then you've got um, another spot I really like was Carl Anderson doing some rest holds in the corner and your auntie's main squeeze, Kenny Omega, <laughs> running over and starts slaving into the camera like an absolute bastard. And... Uh, <laughs> You can't make it a wordy saying, but it's just such good heel work, man. It just, yeah, they always always get a pop for daft stuff like that. Finish of the match was a magic killer, which again just makes me realise how lucky we are to see these guys in a dub. And now comes time for the stramash. John Moxley comes out from the crowd, has a stoic effort at battering every cunt, but alas, he gets absolutely starfished. Um, the Lucha Bros have to turn up for the save, which, okay, sure, fuck knows why. <laughs> and then Moxley starts going full stone cold on everyone until the Bucks turn up. But it turns out they turn, don't turn up to save anyone, they turn up to try and calm down Moxley. So you're starting to think, hmm, are they really pissed at Kenny, what's going on here? But they get kicked in the puss for the troubles by the Lucha Bros. Um, Kenny and Starfish Island slip out the back and they just leave absolute carnage in the ring and with that they go to break I'm, like I said I'm absolutely loving the stuff with uh, the Elite just now, I think Don Callis is just the perfect kind of figurehead for all this and Kenny Omega is just the best champ that they've got right now, uh, they needed a heel champ and someone who's as competent in the ring as well just makes it brilliant so I wonder what you think about this mate, um are you happy with what they're doing with the Bucks? Do you think that the Bucks are going to leave? Or do you think they're going to make up? I reckon the Bucks are going to join Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers at some point. 
don't know if they'll maybe do champions versus champions as a exhibition match to show them all off beforehand, but nah, it's, the Bucks have to join at some point. See what's happening there. Um, but Kenny Omega's entrance, at first I was hating it, but now I'm enjoying it. He's just taking the absolute piss out of it, going on for way too long. Whenever I was watching it, I just got lost in the entrance. It made it feel more like a pay-per-view again with that sort of thing. And then he comes out, you're waiting about, good brothers come, and then you just remember who it is they're fighting again. The Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr. and Danny Limelight tagging with them. And you look at it and you just think, fuck, it's just going to be a stupid squash match. And fair enough, it, it wasn't a squash match, but you knew fine well who was getting the win. And they were just so in control of the match for the majority of it. The Elite, we'll say, got the win. Moxley came out, caused some grief. Lucha Brothers come out, help him. The Young Bucks come out and they get a mouthful of kicks for the Lucha Brothers. I think that's just building up for we're your next challengers. But aye, once everything kind of settled down, they all took separate exits, which was cool. But nah, I think couple of months time, end of March, they'll all be, chums will all be kicking about together and Cody Rhodes will join them this summer, June, June or July time, I think Cody Rhodes will be in about with them as well. So that brings us to Britt Baker's waiting room, so it starts off, Britt gets introduced and she walks out to 70s porn jazz flute, which has built a brand new dream of mine to enter every room in my life to some sexy jazz flute tunes. Just get a nap. <laughs> carries on, uh, puts out a pretty boring plug for Cody's talent show and then that kind of leads into Brit calling him out for his neck tattoo. So we shout out to our mate Ross who fucking loves the tattoo <laughs> and calls him out for being a flippy floppy cunt with allegiances saying that he's made to him, he's made to him like pick a mate and stick with it. So Cody enters to the crap Snoop Dogg remix that I talked about last last right. week, and I'm just hoping to God they don't keep this. <laughs> I think they need to drop it, man. Hopefully they drop it once this talent show's done, but um, if he gets the next season of this show, maybe they'll keep it round. Just, it's crap. <clears throat> Jade Cargill walks in after that in her full wrestling gear. Yes. And she says that, I'm a badass bitch, I wear whatever I want. And as another badass bitch with questionable fashion sense, I've just got to say that I really vibe with what she says. It really <laughs> appealed to me. She mentions Shaq, so they're probably going to have to finally go with this match with Cody soon. What do you make of that? All the celebrity stuff, like, are you down with it? Are you not bothered? I mean... Especially with American athletes, I don't know how much we really give a shit over here, man. It's, it's, I, I mean, I'm a big basketball guy, so I like Shaq, but at the same time, who cares, you know what I mean? Um, and the likes of uh, celebrities and that, I'm not bothered either way. I mean, nothing, there's, I don't think there's got to be a celebrity that will make me want to watch it any more than what I already am. But at the same time, you get some of them in, and like, I they'll maybe pull in some numbers. It doesn't bother me, I'm watching anyway. 
but they just make their cell and other people like fucking idiots when they're not really sure of what's going on they make a wee fuck up it's like you're costing somebody else time for this gimp honestly I actually struggled to keep up with this entire segment um, I'm hoping that you'll be better at explaining it than I am because I, I was watching it and I just it just seemed like loads of random pictures on, my, on the telly just one after the other I just could not keep up with it loads was happening really quickly but I think I liked it I like the concept of the waiting room I like the concept of having like a daft talk show run by a heel on your show so yeah hopefully it gets better mate Ah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll get better. But I, I enjoyed it when they first got Cody out and she was taking the piss, ripping into him with the wee sparklers. Oh, we've got your pyro, and then just I uh, just fucking turned into him. I was enjoying that, but then it quickly got into like the bad side of wrestling talk show stuff when they try and Jerry McHale it or Jerry Springer it. They just absolutely made it look like rubbish. So that uh, quickly put me off and then we got the, I think this was our first match announced for Beach Break and that was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. On you go Mickey. Next match on the card was Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus FTR. So I noticed that... Um, Marco decides to start in the ring first against FTR and they're just tagging in and out interchangeably, just beating the shit out of him and <laughs> just making Marco Stunt look like a wee boy. Um, a young boy. FTR standing there. I noticed they were wearing their nice blue Tista gear, uh, looking... Well, not great is probably the best way to put it. Um, I missed the kind of black gear. I thought that they, um, that they suited that kind of thing with their jackets and everything, but hey-ho, what can you do? Um, Marco just taking loads of punishment throughout this match getting absolutely battered um, with the odd wee lucha segment in between mm-hmm. um, tagging out Jungle Boy letting Jungle Boy kind of come in and do his monkey flips and all the rest of it the one spot I really loved was when Jungle Boy monkey flipped Marco up onto Dax Hardwood's shoulders and then he did a karakarana and smashed him into the ring I thought that was great it just looked so smooth FDR finished the match with a shatter machine on Marco, which they've now renamed the Big Rig, which is a really nice tribute to Brody Lee. And I guess my main takeaway from all this is that FDR's best matches are the ones when they're against like flippy spot monkeys, and that just describes Jazz Express to a T. So it, it just, I think I really let FDR shine as like old school, punchy, kicky classic style suplex kind of wrestlers uh, without the big mad spots. It also lets them show that they're competent at taking these spots and uh, selling them really well. So mm-hmm. I think they're the best kind of matches. They really, really show them as being something quite unique. Uh, but are you a fan of them so far in AEW? What do you make of the match? Uh, well, I was just thinking back there why they left WWE and I remember like, they were just given their request to leave which is weird but it just goes to show how little WWE think or care about their tag team division I enjoy their tag teams but when you had these guys the FTR they were wanting to work they were doing all the stupid shit ass to them and still they weren't able to keep them they weren't happy they weren't pleased they just 
wanted more and they're getting more in AEW and what you were saying they go good against the flippy guys there's some people that just don't gel well when they have a clash of styles but FTR work better whenever they're fighting somebody flippy or whatever they're good at mixing styles right and that'll be cool seeing uh, if we do go cross promotions if they do get a deal with New Japan or anything maybe seeing them over there I think they could do some real good stuff in the tag division. Let them let them play about in the background. Don't put them straight back for title picture. Let them just show how good they can work with other people. Um, I uh, whenever they were finishing up the match, they looked as though they were in a perfect position to go for the spike pile driver, but again they went with the big rig probably just to get the get the commentators to say the name big rig and all that and put it out there so people know why it's called the Big Rig now. Um, AEW made this one tag match look better than the whole of NXT did on the same night when NXT were holding tag matches for a competition, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. And I didn't care about any of the tag matches really other than Breeze Dango and Undisputed Era. But nah... AEW just fucking made this one match look better compared to the rest of their whole show of tag matches. And Marco Stunt, he got in there and gave some, gave fucking what for, showing that he can still throw with them, even though he's fucking tiny. So I enjoyed it, it wasn't just a pure squash. He was in there hitting some big shots, sounding fucking hard. I enjoyed the match. It'll be cool to see what they all do going in the future. Then it's time for the NWA Women's Championship match. It's the NWA Women's Champion, Serena Deeb, versus Ty Conti. That's how they Ty pronounced it. I, I, I made sure to rewind it and listen to it again. It's not <laughs> Ty Conti or Ty Conti or whatever you want to say. It's Ty Conti. But you won't remember that, mate, but it's worth a try. Maybe you should write it down <laughs> phonetically. So we get it right this time. Um, so she enters with a full Dark Order in tow. Uh, Serena Deeb. All I've written down about her is that she's NWA champion. So, <laughs> Babe. Yeah, I mean, this was a great match if you love rest holds, <laughs> which I do not. Nah. So I did not enjoy it. And that's all I've written. It was just fucking rest hold, rest hold. Couple punchy kickies. Rest hold, rest hold. Finish. Shite. Shite. What do you think? <laughs> Shite. Um, I, I've got one line for it and it is okay match. And even there I think it's because I don't want to be too critical because it's just, it looks like I was just fucking hating on them but nah, I think they're doing the right thing trying to get more women involved, trying to cross over, see if they can get any more interest in it. But nah, I just wasn't interested in the match at all. The Dark Order aspect kind of gave me something, but didn't really get any payoff for them. Ah, is what it is. Let's crack on. Shite. So that brings us to the main event of the evening. It was Darby Allen versus Big Roydy Magoo, Brian Cage. <laughs> Uh, the match starts off, Darby Allen comes out hot, 
he goes straight through the legs and then gets him out through the ropes and does a tope suicida through the ropes, smashing him head first into the barricade. And I'm like, okay, good, they're doing the kind of clever baby face, work body parts, chop the legs, everyone's the same size when they're lying on the mat, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but when he goes for the second dive, Cage catches him mid-air and just slams him into like a suplex and it was just fucking impressive to watch. Big Roy D. Bryan then picks up Darby, giving him an oil check, I noticed by the way, in the air, which is a <laughs> bit mad to watch, and then he absolutely launched him out the ring through a table. He just threw him like a fucking paper aeroplane. Um, this is the Brian Cage that I loved in Lucha Underground. It was just... Uh, it's just class. I think when they do this kind of like weight dynamic thing, I love when they really show you this dude's real light and this dude's a massive roidy bastard and this is what happens when you put these two together. So, Big Bri continues to just toss Darby about like an anime body pillow. He's just flinging him about left <laughs> and right. It's reminiscent of Suplex City. Um, Darby makes sure that he gets a chance to put a cheeky wee Cody Rhodes blade job in. Uh, and it just, Brian Cage is just making this look easy. He picks up Darby and starts walking him towards the middle of the ring and Darby just gets a chance to do a flop spot. It just flops flat on his face. And what I want to know is why doesn't this initiate a count? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if he goes to pick him up and he flops down, why doesn't the ref start counting him out as being knocked out? No. But anyway... There's probably not enough time because he gets up, starts trying to fight back and Cage just lifts him up and fucking power bombs him out of the ring onto the <laughs> ramp which looked fucking sayer. But it was great. Darby starts setting up uh, a, the steel steps outside and he's going to suplex him over the top and slam him into it or whatever he's going to do. Uh, sorry, Brian Cage is doing this. Mm. I think I said Darby there. Yeah. Well, if I did it wrong, doesn't it matter? <laughs> Brian Cage matter. sets up the stairs outside. He's going to slam Darby through it, and then we get a nice wee Lion King spot where Darby Allen's got Cage dangling on the ropes, and he bites his hand so that he fucking falls back onto the steps, which didn't look sore at all, actually. But then he does a really nice quick coffin drop on top of him to mm. actually seal the deal as, yeah, this was actually something that probably fucking hurt. They all come back in the ring, so we scuffle for a bit, and Darby takes his belt off, and he ties Cage's feet together. So, while Cage is fucking about trying to get the belt off, Darby runs and hits him with a Canadian Destroyer. Which, as we've talked about before, just looks fucking daft, but it looks even more daft when you've got this skinny wee guy flipping over the biggest Roy de Magoo that they've got in fucking AEW. <laughs> it, um, it looked like a squirrel flipping over a fucking bowler, but anyway. <laughs> so, long story short, Team Taz start fucking about, and this summons Sting. He turns up his bat, and he finally uses the baseball bat, smacking, uh, what's his name, Ricky Starks around the face with it. Which gives Darby Allen enough of an advantage so he can win with the crucifix pin. And to be honest, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Cage was robbed a wee bit. Mm. I think he deserved to go over. Um, Yeah, he kind of just looks like a bit of a fud now. I think you'd built it up there so that you had the perfect opportunity to have Darby get battered and then build himself back up sting to mentor him build it, build it, build it get the comeback, the redemption storyline all that kind of shenanigans but nah, they didn't do that so maybe they are building to a sting Taz thing but 
I don't know, I kind of feel like Team Taz don't really deserve a second shot now because Brian Cage fucked it after battering him, so I guess they'll go with the whole angle of Sting came in and he was cheating, but you don't really have much of a leg to stand on if you were cheating two seconds ago, so <laughs> don't know, mate. I think they kind of fucked this up a wee bit. Um, they might have to retcon some of it. What did you make of it? Do you think Sting's going to get a cinematic match after all? Like, What are you thinking? Uh, Sting, he must... He... Well, he signed saying he's wanting the matches, but maybe that way Taz anymore. Maybe Taz just can't be asked for another match, even if it is a cinematic one. Maybe they'll just go sting Brian Cage, maybe up Brian Cage's profile a bit more, getting in and about it with a legend. Aye, probably a good missed opportunity there, you were saying. Darby Allen could have been teaming up with Sting. That would have been a good to see long term. It's like you're saying, if Darby's TNT champion, what can Sting give him that he's not already got? Like, I get him to AEW champion, but that seems like too much too soon after he's just won the TNT belt. Um, uh, Fucking weird one. But what have we got? They, I was saying, the nameplates, when they first came out for their entrances, the nameplates were cool. Brian Cage had an orange one for like Team Taz and Darby Allen had a a white and red one for the TNT belt. But it was it was cool. I hope they do a bit more specialty nameplates, maybe just for a pay per view or main events for the cards, but nah it was cool. It showed a bit of uniqueness with them. Um I that fucking throw the cage done to Darby Allen. I launched him, what, maybe 10 feet from the inside the ring out, crashing through a table. And that's what I've got as well. Was a, why even bother with a fucking blade job for it? Cutting your cell open for getting thrown through a table is just stupid. But I wonder how they're getting away with doing so much of these now. I wonder if they've got something different where it's not actual a razor blade they're using. Maybe it's some wee instrument they've got that they know they're not going to fucking severely hurt themselves with, like, what happened with Eddie Guerrero and the fucking, was it the Bullhorn match or something? Maybe they've got something that they're using that's a bit safer, as safe as you could get with fucking cutting yourself open, I guess. And then, just when I was going through the match, I thought, the referees should always be wearing a mask and the gloves regardless of when they get cut open. They don't wear the masks anyway. That's a missed opportunity there. They could have masks on and then that's when the ref could be passing messages between each other. They won't get caught. They've got a fucking mask on. Just don't say it loud enough. Just don't be a John Cena calling it. Um, A good match, I would say. Good match. I enjoyed it. If they wasted it with Brian Cage losing, probably... But what are they wanting to do with this FTR belt? I think they've just went wrong with it for the whole time. They've not made this a clear belt. If Brian Cage did win, what is he going to do? Is he going to walk about with both belts and say, I'm a champion of both, I defend both? Or would they just fuck off the FTW belt? I wonder if they maybe say Powerhouse Hobbs is going to be the new FTW champ. Maybe that causes friction. And we get a good match with Brian Cage and Will Hobbs. Or 
I'd like to see them do something with FTW belt. They've brought it in, they've gave it to Brian Cage, and it's done fuck all because they lost these AW Championship match with Moxley, and now he's lost the TNT match against Darby Allen. He probably lost one to Cody as well. I can't remember. He was doing that open challenge every week. Can't remember everybody that came in and fought him. Yeah. Ah, they've just fucking wasted an opportunity here, but maybe they've got bigger plans ahead. So we'll see, see what they're saying. So um, that's the end of this week. Uh, next week, the matches that have been announced so far, we've got Chris Jericho and MGF versus Santana and Ortiz versus Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara to determine who's going to be the official tag team Crazy of the Inner powerful. Circle. Uh, for me, it's got to be Jericho and MGF. I just think that they've got to build this tension up. They've got to make the Inner Circle really boil into the... And it already is. So, I mean, like, it, I think you can do that other ways as well. You could have Santana and Ortiz win and MGF and Jericho mm-hmm. be pissed off about it. Um be interesting to see, but I, I, the obvious answer, I think, is Jericho and MGF to win. Aye. I'll take Pride and Powerful for this one, I think. Something screwy will happen. We said this last time with fucking Hager and Wardlow screwy. Didn't happen. Obvious cause, Jericho MGF. I'll go with a random Pride and Powerful. We've got Hangman Adam Page. Colt Cabana, Alex Reynolds and John Silver versus Jack Evans, Angelico, Luther, or your man, your man Luther, and Serpentico in Brody Lee Jr.'s birthday celebration match. Well, this seems quite obvious, but it's going to be Dark Order go over, lol. Um, the big question is, does Hangman join the Dark Order? And I think he does. I just hope that he's really pissed, as usual. <laughs> I'll go against you on the match. I'll say, just for shits and giggles, Luther Serpentico, and who else is it? TH2, maybe? Yep, so Jack Evans and Angelico as well. Yep, I'll get to them four. Hangman Page and the Dark Order lose. I'll just say it for the fucking sake of it. Just to throw a wild card out there. And then after the loss, that's when they'll get Hangman Page involved. Eh, fuck it. That'll do. Uh, they've also announced Matt Hardy and Private Party versus Matt Seidel. Or Seidel, however you say it. Dante Martin and Darius Martin. I'm guessing that's the acclaimed. A top flight. Um, Matt Hardy... Do you think Matt Hardy's going to fuck up for them? Could cost them. I think Matt Hardy's going to fuck up for them. Matt Seidel gets the pin. That's my show anyway. Aye, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy in private party. Matt Seidel in top flight. I think Matt Hardy in private party will get the win here. And this will be Matt Hardy saying, this is why you're fucking paying me. I'm getting you the wins. I'm bigging you up. But he's... Will they do it in a dodgy way again? Will they try and get the chair involved? Piss him off. They get the win, but they're pissed off about it. Fuck it. We'll see. 
Nyla Rose is going to be fighting Layla Hirsch. So Nyla Rose is going to win. Pretty obvious. Uh, so I've seen on Reddit Squared Circle on Twitter this week that Nyla Rose has came into contact with someone with COVID-19. So she's been pulled from this week against a match with Layla Hirsch and replacing her as Penelope Ford with Kip Sabian. I wonder if they'll get the whole gang out, if they'll have Kip, Miro, the young boy, the butler that is Chuck Taylor. And again, what's Orange Cassidy doing? Journalists, he just got to chum about with them. No questions asked. Or has he got to fight to get get free fucking Chuck Taylor off a eh? Miro? And John Moxley's in action, so I don't know who he's going to be fighting. I feel like it might be one of the Young Bucks. I hope it is, actually. That'd be quite good. Anyway... Yeah. I think, I don't know, I was disappointed this week when they said the Elite are in action and it turned out to be Varsity Blondes with Danny Limelight. I was hoping maybe something a bit bigger style match. So that's why I'm not got high hopes for John Moxley in action next week. I think it would just be a fucking three minute match at most. He's just got to come out, he'll be pissed off and he'll just wipe out somebody. So I don't think it'll be one of the young bucks. If it is, I think if it was it'd be one of the young bucks, I reckon it'll be Matt, because I think Nick has came out and said how he was exposed to coronavirus and he's getting over it now. But seeing some of the things like how bad it can leave your lungs and how fucked you could be if it's a young buck, I reckon it'll be Matt. But even then it's not gonna be a young buck, it's gonna be fucking just give them somebody for the Dark Order and we'll start shitting all over them again. I reckon they'll just go back with the Dark Order as this wee stable of losers and one head guy. So give him fucking nut pressed and give him like number... Give him seven. Find, get a number seven for the Dark Order and give him them. Just don't make it Dustin. They've also just announced that Cody Rhodes is going to be fighting the Librarian. Fuck knows why. <laughs> ah well, we'll see what happens. I uh, hope Cody works him over as a heel. To be honest, I just want Cody to join the Starfish Island Club. Nice. Just, just let him become a cunt. That's what you want, that's what I want, that's what everyone wants. We all want So what do you think? you think next week, mate? What's your predictions? Um, we'll go... With Cody and Peter Avalon. Peter Avalon's fucking patched the librarian stuff now. I think he's now Prince Pretty Peter Avalon or Pretty Peter Avalon or the Stud Muffin, some shit like that. It's him and Bradney Cutler had a right good string of matches on Dark, but nobody bothers watching them anyway because it's Dark. It's fucking so much in there. Um, uh, Cody's got to beat Peter Avalon. Unless this bird gets involved, or Shaq gets involved, but I just fucking key coded the cunt, put him in with fucking Don Callis, Starfish Island lot, the elite, get them all fucking together. But could be June, July for Cody joining them. Ah fuck it. Um, what else we got? So that's me for this week. 
thanks very much everybody for listening uh sorry i've kept it very brief short and sweet i've been working i'm really tired but uh, i quite enjoyed the aw this week it's a good show i think it set up a lot of uh good storylines and stuff i think they've gone in strange directions of some of the storylines but again aw are good at playing the long game so it'll be good to see what happens quite excited for next week to be honest um, I hope that Drew McIntyre gets better off of COVID. Yep. I'm looking forward to the Rumble in a couple of weeks. That's pretty much me. So thanks very much, all you beautiful people. Thanks very much, Randy, for putting this together. And uh, take care. Take it easy. Cool. So thanks very much, Mikey, for next week's AEW. Yep, we went through the went through the matches there. What's happening elsewhere, wrestling-wise? Drew, Drew McIntyre had his COVID, so if it's a two-week isolation, he missed Raw last week, he'll miss Raw this week, so we'll see what's happening there tonight. I'm recording on the 18th, so that's a Monday, so we'll see what happens with Drew tonight on Raw. Or Goldberg, Goldberg, see if he's back. But I was more excited for fucking... Adam Pearce versus Roman Reigns for the belt than what I was for Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre for the Universal. Maybe I got them the wrong way. Whatever. I did WWE's Drew McIntyre Universal Roman Reigns. Um, but now fucking he's backed out the match and it's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. So now it just feels like it's got to be two simples. Drew McIntyre beating Goldberg and Roman Reigns beating Kevin Owens. Winner of the Royal Rumble-wise, I'm still pretty set for it being Daniel Bryan so far. Women's, I'd like to see Bailey win, but I think they're going to go with Bailey and Bianca Belair for matches leading up to WrestleMania non-title. What else we got? NXT this week, shite. Fucking dusty, tag classic, shite. Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne could be an NXT title, that'd be cool. So for AEW next week, hopefully we've got a progress in the Inner Circle storyline, see what's happening with them, get a bit of an update on the Dark Order, and hopefully the Elite show up. They haven't announced anything so far for it. It'll be cool to see if Kenny Omega shows up or if the Young Bucks and they want to clear it out, what's happening. Right, so I take it that's all we've got for this week. Don't forget, go find us on Instagram at Snapdragon Duplex. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere else. Have a look, see if we're there. You can catch me, Randy Phil, on Twitch, the two L's. Have a check on Twitter, Randy Phil, two Y's, two L's. And you've got Snapdragon Duplex on Twitter as well. Maybe if Mikey can be bothered, he'll throw something to follow him at, give him some abuse. (laughs) Until next week, take care.